This is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Syraclad, featuring one-on-one interviews with designers, contractors, city managers, and civic leaders, as well as thought leaders committed to sustainability, innovation, and solutions that are attractive, affordable, and create healthy living environments. Our podcast illuminates the challenges, breakthroughs, and proven solutions brought to industries, organizations, and our communities. From the office and manufacturer of Syraclad in Redmond, Washington, and on location, this is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast. For our guests, multiple guests, I'm honored and excited to welcome James Trahan, Troy Vincent, and John Anderson, American Institute of Architects and partners of 180 Degrees Design and Build. The firm was founded in 2001 with the intention of designing and building thoughtful and inspiring architecture. Their portfolio includes religious, multifamily, commercial, retail, and high-end residential projects. Not only are their designs staff architecturally trained, um, their construction superintendents and project managers are as well. 180 Degrees is also comprised of craftsmen building custom concrete, wood, and steel components for their projects. And the firm has been recognized twice by the American Institute of Architects of Arizona as Contractor of the Year. Outstanding. And they've received multiple awards from the AIA for not only their design work, but for their service to the profession. For more information, feel free to visit their website at 180degreesinc.com. That's 180degreesinc.com. John, James, Troy, welcome. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. Really happy to have you here. Thanks for having us, Thank you. Thanks again. It, you know, when we talked in, like I said, the virtual green room is uh, if, collectively, you know, we, individually, of course, you, you have quotes or things that people have said during your life, personally and professionally, that really mean and matter and really stay with you. You, you talked about the three, the pillars. Share with your audience today the, the pillars. Yeah, I think 20 years ago when we created the firm, Tom, um, we focused on four key components that we call our four pillars. Uh, and those are really restraint um, craftsmanship, rigor, and patience. And I think we bring those four aspects to all of our design and construction work. Uh, and it really makes, um, it makes our architectural projects what they are today. Yeah, I know there, there are four of them, but anytime something is so simple, it took a tremendous amount of work. <laughs> is there a timeline of like how you arrived at the four? Because there had to have been a, just, a, a, as I said, a tremendous amount of intense effort to find to discover and distill what the essence is well i think um, john and i had worked together for years troy and i went to college together at uh, louisiana state and so we had a relationship and we understood what we were after in architecture and construction and so really when we created the company john and i really thought about what we wanted to be and so we instilled those four principles from day one and we've been adhering to them since that point that, that, I'm going to touch on the, one of the first ones, if you had constraints. How Re- do you, restraint. You, oh, restraints. Okay, even restraint. Oh, my, even, even worse. Um, <laughs> to work with restraints, how do you get so creative to work with what is perceived or real cons- restraints? I, I think, you know, when, for me, when we're looking at things, it's, when when have you gotten to the just that sweet spot where you're not overcooking things? Don't don't keep going. No to stop. Put the pencil down. Walk away. Say this is it. Anything else is going to take it to a different level that we don't want it to be. It's going to be overcooked. 
So that restraint is, is finding that spot where to say, okay, let's not add anything to it because now you're going to start detracting from the design. Yeah, it's funny. I, I'll add to that. <clears throat> the, there's a lot of things that, um, and, and John tried, <clears throat> but there's a lot of things in architecture where you can just continue to design. And a lot of times now clients do put their own restraints on us <laughs> in general because they have their budgets and other things like that. But I've been involved in projects where there really were no budgetary constraints. And so you you can really do anything. And, and it really becomes, like John said, you overcook things in architecture sometimes because it's, how many tricks can you put into the to your thought process? And so when you when you dial that back and you hold yourself true to to really, uh, you know, like our four pillars, then we can really, like John said, find that really sweet spot. So uh, it's it's I think every architect would love to just continue to design all day long, you know, twice on Sunday and just keep going and going. But it's it's not a benefit to anybody at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah, and I think one more comment to finalize that those two thoughts is that if we can create an architectural detail or an architectural move and we can do it with one less stroke or one less uh, material, we try to achieve that. Yeah, how do you... Wow. That just seems like a tremendous amount of process, mental, emotional, and then physically checklist. Is there a system that you guys have? I mean, you don't have to give away your intellectual property, but... I'm curious to find out, you know, how, how you go through that to where you arrive at, you know, that perfect spot. Yeah, I, I think if I can answer that, yeah, Troy, um, yeah. I think for us, since we are builders um, as well as architects and we're very hands-on with our fabrication, we have experience to actually construct and fabricate things. And so we're always looking for simplicity in what we do. Uh, and if we can do things with less steps, I think that informs the process of what we go through to design something, to fabricate it, and to install it. And so it's all kind of linked at the hip for us, and I, I think we do it with, um, you know, a good amount of fluidity. Yeah, you know, I notice a lot, a lot of your work, which is awesome. I mean, all my guests have awesome stuff, but yours in particular, like, I, I stayed for a while and go, wow, look at this. Um, is there's a, there's a, uh, I don't always see this, but there's a timelessness to your work. And it's and it seems obviously working with Frank Lord Wright projects as well. You're respected for that. Is that something that you guys have intrinsically had? It's just part of your DNA, not just being builders and architects, but it's just part of your DNA that you kind of respect the tradition, but you also look look ahead. Yeah, I think there's <clears throat> there's value in in the environments in which we work. And, and we've had the, the privilege to work on multiple projects that have involved, uh, you know, Frank Lloyd Wright, Al Beadle, just some of these other big names that, that, that through history have made an impact architecturally uh, in what they do. And so uh, we do tend to go in and make sure we understand uh, their intent because it, it quite frankly, um, you know, I, we don't always need to reinvent the wheel as part of that restraint. Um, sometimes there's some language there that works really well, and it's it's not necessarily difficult. Quite frankly, it's it's uh, you know we we are a little humbled by some of the things that that we're able to touch uh, and try to respect that significantly. I mean, um, we're we're about to start another one that's uh, it's a small little renovation for for very well very good client and somebody we've known for a while, uh, but it's a light touch, and we try to very just like James said earlier, it's just very light strokes on what we're doing. <clears throat> and sometimes in the end, uh, less is more. And I think you see that in a lot of the stuff that we do. 
Yeah, can you go into that? Less is more. Yeah, I mean, it's it's somewhat of a catchphrase, but you you guys really take yeah. it to the to the house. No pun intended. It is. I mean, you know, you can you can you can keep adding ornament on architecture. You can keep adding uh, components and details and complexity. Uh, but but quite frankly, the beauty is in, in a lot of its simplicity. The, the things that we work on. Um, and we, we really try to say simple that and and from because we're also thinking like James said earlier we're thinking so far ahead into the fabrication and and process a lot of architects really uh, are, are taught not to really deal with the means and methods of the things that we're producing <clears throat> and so in, in this scenario you really need to change your thinking and James says it all the time to me I mean I'm, I'm by heart a, a designer and I, I, I tend to uh, you know you never know how far you can go until you go too far scenario and so, uh, you know, he, he's always reeling you back you in, know, always reeling me back in, but it's necessary because it's one of those that, that we, you have to retrain yourself as an architect to think about means and methods. A lot of guys don't do that. And so we, we, uh, it, it changes the way you design. It changes the way you think about your problem solving. Uh, it, it's a, and it's, it's a, quite frankly, it's, it's, we love getting into that kind of, uh, study of the things that we do. So it makes our architecture better. And yeah, I think this, okay, if I may, yeah, this less is more type of idea, you know, simplicity is not easy. You know, no. making things look simple is not what you think it is. And a lot of times it's not about the architecture. And, you know, it's about the view. It's about the space. It's, it's about, you know, experiencing the location. And if the architecture is standing there screaming, hey, look at me, you're not doing your job. You know, if you've got a... a house out on a, a beach looking out an ocean and you're spending more time looking at the house in the ocean then maybe you know the detailing and the, the the architecture isn't there you know there's certain things where you just sometimes want the architecture to not be a factor but without it you can't make the experience so that simplicity is knowing you know when not to get too much and not have things stand out too much so there's a balance to be found there Outstanding. You're listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast presented by Cyriclad. We're talking today with James Trahan, Troy Vincent, and John Anderson, partners of 180 Degrees Design and Build. For more information, please visit their website at 180degreesinc.com. That's 180degreesinc.com. Touch on... uh, Something is maybe you guys. Uh, uh, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna go after it. Beauty. Obviously, there's a function with what it is you guys do, and you're and and awesome. But there's a beauty too to that simplicity. Can you uh, kind of share what that is, or if it if I'm accurate or even off base? Yeah, I think there's something in our work um, where we're really looking at several components. One of the big ones is light and natural light and how that light hits the surfaces and how it makes the architecture feel, more so than look, but how it makes the architecture feel. And I think there's beauty in that. Um, when, when you're looking at some of our details um, and they're very restrained and simple, there's a simple craftsman element about it uh, that might be different from other people's work. And, and we, we strive really hard at that beauty um, and it just filters through our whole team that everybody cares about craftsmanship. They care about making beautiful objects that become part of a larger whole. And we really strive to do that every day. 
I noticed also that the, in order for that to happen, and we're touching on some pretty esoteric subjects here, <laughs> it, but there's a, there's a, a, you have to be rather fearless. What's your thought about that? Am I, am I off base there or no? It just seems like you guys kind of, you're quiet and, and respectful, but there's a fearlessness to your guys' work too. Yeah, I'd, I'd, <clears throat> I'm going to chime in on, on the build side of it for a second because I know that uh, a lot of the things that we do, and I think James said it earlier, about, or John said it earlier, that, that uh, <clears throat> simplic- simplicity is not easy. I mean, everything that comes together, the way we put it together is difficult. It's, uh, when you do less is more, that means you have less to hide the problem areas of a typical construction project, right? You can't put crown molding up. We're not doing that. We have reveals and different things and alignments. And so in order to achieve those things, there is a tenacity. I don't know if it's fearlessness, but it's a tenacity to really uh, push not only ourselves, but the people who are involved in the project all the way through to the guy putting the tile on the floor or, you know, uh, the paint on the wall. It's, it's a, there's a tenacity to, to get these guys to buy into it. And so when we really believe these things, we need to make sure they do as well. I mean, I think we all know, and it's it's no secret that construction is messy. There's there's business to it, right? There's cost and dollars and time and, and, and effort. So, uh, but, but when you believe and you really push it, um, I think that is what really gets us to the finish line on these projects and makes them, again, or, you know, as beautiful as they are, so. Yeah, I, th- I think, Tom, what you're not seeing maybe on our website is the four times the amount of failures we've had over the years from being <laughs> fearless and yeah. attacking things that we had no business attacking. Um, and that's been a part of our firm since its inception is really the innovation component where we're not afraid to do anything, even though we haven't done it before. And as you know, in life, if you do things of that nature, uh, you're going to fail. But uh, we learn from that failure and we say, oh, we'll, we'll do it better on the next project. And unfortunately, a lot of times we do one-off unique projects and we never circle back to doing the same thing again. So, no. How has that affected the culture at 180 degrees? Is that pervasive throughout the, the whole culture? I, I, it is. Kind of it, a baited question, but I would think yeah. so. I'm curious to hear. No, it, it has to be. I mean, obviously, um, you know, it's some of the younger guys or people who are doing this for the first time and they're learning. Uh, it's not always easy to, to accept failure or to even want to get in the mix of failure. <laughs> and, and, and But really the only way you can learn, especially in a, in a uh, scenario that we have, uh, doing. You, you have to do it. You have to do it and get it done and we learn and, and our, luckily we have clients who are um, who have been really good. I mean, we, we have to have our clients also be able to jump on that same boat and, and accept the uh, what it is we're after, to buy into it, so. Are your clients as reflective as you are as well? If you notice there's a, a thread that com- connects you, that, that they're rather fearless and uh, tenacious yeah, I think our clients are very sophisticated. Um, you know, most of our work is word of mouth, and so referrals come to us, and they're looking for a certain type of architecture and construction. And, and so we tend to, uh, fortunately, come up with some very sophisticated clients that know what they want, know good architecture, and know how to get there. We also do spend quite a bit of time talking about expectations with our clients, you know, people want exposed concrete, and we talk about the pitfalls of exposed concrete and the character of exposed concrete. And 
when we talk about doing these custom pieces, we talk about, you know, some of these known pitfalls that we have and we try to make sure that our clients understand what those are. That way, you know, we, we are setting everybody up with good expectations and then we do mock-ups and we do prototyping and we try to get these things to say, okay, hey, here's, here's where this project's going to look like when we're done on this smaller sample before we jump in and do the whole thing. So, you know, we try to mitigate the risk on it, but, you know, as James said, you know, sometimes there's, you just don't know everything that, that you'd need to going into it. And we reach out for other experts in the industry to help us on some of these things that haven't been done before. And there's no one willing to take the chance. So, you know, we jump in and we do our best to figure them out. Wow. I, I like you, you said, or I'm not sure if it was James or Troy, or maybe you, John, who talked about builders as well as architects share with your audience how that is uh, so um, makes such a positive difference in the entire outcome of a project and the process of the project yeah i think similar to you know frank lloyd wright the concept of being a master builder where you're doing both we've tried to take that into our firm uh, when we started the company, we were frustrated with the quality of construction we were getting uh, out in the industry, and we frankly thought that we could do a better job. So uh, we went out, became licensed contractors, um, and we just started building our own work. And people started noticing, and after a couple of years, we were branching out building other people's work um, because they liked what we were doing. So we've kind of had this hybrid firm for many, many years in which, you know, maybe 50 to 60% of our, our own construction uh, from our designs and the rest is with other local prominent architects. How did you decide upon 180 degrees as the name uh, of the firm? Uh, we just wanted to be a little different. <laughs> it's definitely different and thorough. <laughs> and uh, thorough. Yeah. yeah, very thorough. Is that also part of your personal, uh, James, uh, Troy, and John, your personal DNA is that your company and your, your business and what you do for clients is really an ex exterior, ex it's an extension of who you are as people. I would say so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, quite frankly, what's, what's really good and interesting is, is that we're all three a little bit different. I mean, we have different, you know, on a personal level, different uh, things that we do. Um, so, uh, but I think it really comes together um, when we all get together and we, we push forward as a firm. Uh, so it's nice having different ideas and different experiences to really uh, bring to the architecture and the construction side as well. Personalities are different for sure. Yeah. It, it, discuss some of that, the personalities and actually how it really works well for obviously you as a, as a firm, but it also works. It's an advantage yeah. for your clients. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think, all of us have similar skill sets in design and construction, but um, we all design, have our hands in the construction. Troy runs our architectural studio. Um, I feel he has the best architectural hand with his drawing and sketches and can really quickly come up with a concept. Um, John and I have been doing the business side of things. Um, John handles a lot of the legal components for the firm, which, as you know, as a contractor, there's a lot of legalities in our business. Um, so John has a lot of expertise in that. And then we all kind of tag team our clients and, and just foster those relationships. So we're bringing different aspects of each of us to the firm, um, and it seems to work really well. Yeah, just to add that, I think it makes us better, for sure. I mean, I, you know, <clears throat> I can I can 
definitely uh, lean on John a little bit to to make sure that we're staying functionally in line with with certain uh, goals and aspirations. Like James said earlier, he reels me back in sometimes, and it makes me a better architect for sure, uh, and and more knowledgeable in everything that we do. So, and I've been doing that since guys. college. <laughs> oh. Wow, that's just something else. Touch again on that. I, I, these skills and these talents and these these uh, personal positive attributes are, are excellent. But again, if you can go back to that tenacity, I think John, you mentioned the tenacity and why it that is so important throughout this. Yeah, the, well, I'll, I'll, <clears throat> um, it, there's there's a lot of time. architecture is difficult sometimes. Building is difficult sometimes, and it's easy to it's easier to not have that tenacity and say, you know what, fine, we'll just, we'll just get it done this way, it'll be fine. Nobody will notice that detail, nobody will see this, nobody will do these things. Um, on our level, I think in order to achieve the things that we do or are able to achieve, we have to continually push ourselves and have the tenacity to, to make things happen. You wouldn't see the things you see on our website or in our architecture or experience the spaces like James mentioned with the light if we are not continually pushing uh, to make it better, to make our processes better. Yeah, and I think, Tom, we're very critical of our work. Um, you know, 20 years ago, when we built our first, designed and built our first house, um, John and I would look at completed details and we would analyze them. And if, if we would talk about the same detail more than three times, we determined that it wasn't right if we had to talk about it. If it if we nailed it and it turned out beautiful, we moved on. But if we wound up circling back to a particular detail, no matter what it was, whether it was concrete or steel or you name it, and we talked about it three times, we'd rip it out and fix it. And mm. I think that's costly, and it's not um, <laughs> it's not a great business <laughs> it's not a great business practice. But we realized early on that if we kept to our uh, you know our pillars and we just maintain that tenacity to get it right, even if it had to be done twice or tear stuff out, it was worth our brand, keeping our brand at the highest level. Excellent. You're listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Siraclad. Today, our, uh, our public service announcement is for NOMA, the National Organization of Minority Architects. About NOMA, I'll tell you briefly about NOMA, is that NOMA thrives when voluntary members contribute their time and resources, and its mission is building a strong national organization, strong chapters, and strong members for the purpose of minimizing the effect of racism in the profession. The strength in NOMA is built through unity in the, co in the cause that created the organization. Their impact is felt when the organization wrestles with the dilemmas that face the nation, particularly as they affect the profession. For more information, feel free to visit their website at noma.net. Again, that's noma.net. We're talking today with James Trahan, Troy Vincent, and John Anderson, partners of 180 Degrees Design and Build. For more information, you can visit them on their website at 180degreesincorporated.com. Again, that's 180degreesincorporated.com. That, uh, when circle back to overcooking and not overcooking because I see a lot of overcooking. <laughs> <laughs> Did you collectively arrive at knowing this is, this is when we know 
we look at each other without words. I mean, is it that is it that tight where you guys can just look at each other and know we got it, we got it. We don't have to say anything. Yeah, I, I think so. We could do it both from a drawing level, a three, three-dimensional model level, uh, and, and clearly on a construction level. We, we kind of all understand uh, where we need to be with the detailing. Yeah, I think yeah. it's even beyond the design and the beauty of the details. I, I mean, even like James said, from the construction side, um, if, if let's say we put together a drawing for whatever the detail is and it goes into the fabrication mode, if these guys just get it and it's and we know that sequentially it makes sense how it goes and fits into the architecture how you fabricate it uh the the entire system from design to construction to fab to install all of those things have to work from from a not overcooking standpoint (laughs) right i mean that that's the goal it's not always easy but but that's the goal is to really push towards and strive towards that process It, it, it it's beautiful it helps us out it helps our clients out it helps it holistically it is the right path to go um so, for our work yes interesting that you, you you said that is um i was listening before our show i was listening to some jazz john coltrane i don't know if you've heard of him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um one of the t- lines he said before it was we st- i strive for tone now obviously that's talking about a musical instrument but it sounds like you're doing that at some level with architecture design and building is, is that true or am i just Really no. for something. I, we like to think so. I, yeah. I think okay. you know. I, I think architecture has rhythm. It it definitely has a you know a presence, a soul, and I, I think if the work is is simplistic and it speaks for itself, um, I think it works. Yeah. What haven't we talked about on our show that uh, you really would like to share with your audience today, either collectively or individually? I'd love to hear. Good question. I haven't really. That's a <laughs> or even if it's important to you personally, not a problem. We'd love to hear. Or your audience, I'm sure, would as well. Yeah, I think we're unique in, in our project type. We, we've never been pigeonholed into any particular type of project, uh, which has been very beneficial for us. We've, we've designed and built you know, everything from schools to retail to residential, um, John's done an equestrian facility. We just finished an MRI for, for wow. you know, a, a vet clinic for horses. We've designed Volkswagen buses. Um, <sighs> we just have an interesting collection of projects, and we've been very fortunate for that. And moving into the future, we want to continue that practice. Yeah, I Excellent. think one of the things to add to that is that we, we just we love the experience. Uh, getting involved in the projects, understanding the underlying goals, understanding really what beyond the architecture needs, what what our clients need, and, or what their clients need. Um, it, it's important us to get into that process. It's a relationship that we have that uh, it, it's not just about sitting down and drawing a bunch of pretty pictures. It's really getting into uh, what the holistic idea is behind that project and what the benefits are at the end of the day. Yeah, it's about that journey and the process with your client. Getting to the end with a beautiful project, that's just the bonus. You know, it's its having this great experience and learning and figuring things out along the way. That's, to me, you know, the, the best part of everything. Outstanding. John, James, Troy, it's been a real honor and pleasure having you on the show today. I hope you consider coming back again sometime soon because... I've got a bunch of other notes I'd love to ask you, but uh, it's a real honor and pleasure having you on. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Our guest today has been James Trahan, 
Troy Vincent, and John Anderson, American Institute of Architects and partners of 180 Degrees Design and Build. The firm was founded in 2001 with the intention of designing and building thoughtful and inspiring architecture. Their portfolio includes religious, multifamily, commercial, retail, and high-end residential projects. And not only are there a design staff architecturally trained, so are their construction superintendents and project managers. They're, uh, they're comprised of craftsmen building custom concrete, wood, and steel components for their project. The firm's been recognized twice by the American Institute of Architecture of Arizona as Contractor of the Year and have received multiple awards from the AIA for not only their expertise and skill, but for their service to the profession. You've been listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Sierraclad. Our guest again is 180 Degrees Incorporated. For more information, feel free to visit their website at 180degreesincorporated.com. The Architecture and Innovation Podcast is recorded from the office and on-site of Sierraclad in Redmond, Washington, and on location. Executive producer is yours truly, Tom Dural. Thank you very much.